0: experience elevation, you must take positive control of your life, you must take spiritual authority over your life because there is an enemy who wants to rob you of what God has planned for you, which simply means that if your philosophy for living life is, whatever will be, will be, I can tell you that whatever will be is not going to be what you want it to be, amen, amen, And. Uh, they teach that in terms of um, uh, business structure, thinking and forward towards success. They, if you don't plan, what do you do? You plan to fail. All of those little pithy statements like that actually focus upon the fact that they are cognizant of one thing, that if you do not purpose to move in the right direction, you won't be going in the right direction. It's just they often don't tell you one of the reasons you won't is because there is actively engaged in an attempt to make sure that doesn't happen, an enemy that doesn't want you to excel. Now, we have not in this series focused on him. We have focused on on the God who wants to elevate us and how God wishes to do that. And part of what I'm doing here is talking about the dimensions of spiritual authority. Luke 9 and 1, Jesus gave his the 12 disciples authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases and as I've mentioned that's two types of spiritual authority right there authority over demons that's demonic structures and then authority over sickness I think there are actually 12 I've gone through them and now I'm coming today to what I consider one of the most challenging and interesting and this is level number 12 and I just for lack of a better term i'm going to call it authority with god over nature and i'll explain what i mean by that i'd like for you to turn to psalm 78 and i want to read there in psalm 78 a passage of scripture that um, i think that you will find intriguing and um, it's uh, it's just a It's the kind of a verse today that is, um, these verses are just mind-boggling. Now, I know God is miraculous and everything about Him is miraculous, but I'm going to show you some things here today that I, th- I think you may have never considered before. Psalms 78, 12 through 13. Marvelous things He did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt and the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through. And we know this. This is not new to us, but I want you to look at the mechanics of it. And he made the waters to stand up like a heap. Now, you know this is a contradiction of nature. Water always seeks its lowest level. Is 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 that an indisputed? I mean, that's unchallenged. We all know that. Poor water... It's going to go down to the lowest crevice in the ground. It seeks its lowest level. In direct contradiction to the way that nature normally performs, water stacked up like a heap. Okay. Now, Matthew 8, I've added this, Robert. I've thrown you a curve back there. Matthew 8, verses 23 through 27. And the NIV says, Then he, that is Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. And suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and (laughs) rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So let's talk today about authority with God over nature. Father, I pray that in these next few minutes that you will help us to understand how powerful you really are. And the position that you have placed us in as believers, your body in the earth today. Um. I'm going to ask that you help us to somehow, over the next few minutes, set aside prejudices and presuppositions and, and limitations that uh, we have been taught to uh, accept as just uh, being unchallenged and irrefutable. I want you to just free our minds for the next few minutes and help us to consider what you can do when God is totally in charge. I ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Probably already if some of you are wondering where I'm going to go with this. You mean I've got the right to stand up and challenge wind and waves and uh, make water stack up. And I can see all kind of immature Christians going out there and say, I'm a Christian. Watch what I'm getting ready to do and getting embarrassed. Amen. But there is something in this that I do want to talk about. God, our God, is the God of nature. Let's first of all establish that and understand it without equivocation God is the God of nature nature would not exist if there was no God we talk about nature like it's separate and apart from God when we talk about things like the law of gravity and all these other things we act like God is bound by those when actually it's God who created those he is the Lord of nature all nature in Genesis chapter 1 over and over we read and God said let there be And God said, and God said, literally what we see and call nature appeared as God spoke. All of this is created by God speaking. God has made us to be creative as well, even if not at that same level. He spoke and created universes. We speak, and I've often said, end up creating our world. Another way to say that is to describe what the Bible talks about uh, when it talks about you say negative things over your own life or the lives of others there are even severe penalties Jesus said if you are angry at a man without cause you're in danger of the council but if you call a man a fool you're in danger of hell's fire it seems to be a rather harsh penalty just for calling a man a bad name until you realize that as creator God has created that person with a destiny and when you step into the role and with your mouth now begin to tell that man who he is That you're taking away from what God intended for him to be and you're fashioning him now in your preconceived image of who you think he is and you're limiting therefore God's ability to be able to bring this man to fulfillment and maturation of destiny we are extremely creative the human mind is extremely creative we get that because we're made in God's image speaking of being being creative joke okay I, I like to just give you a little something to think about. This guy is flying down the highway way over the speed limit when he hears a siren and looks in his rearview mirror to see he's being per- uh, pursued by a policeman. Cop pulls him over, and the guy says, Sorry, officer, I guess the speedometer got away from me. Happens every time I get hammered and try to drive home. And the officer said, What? You're intoxicated? and the man said well i needed a stiff drink after i shot that guy back there it's okay though i managed to fit the body into the trunk (laughs) and the officer said sir keep your hands where i can see them give me your license and registration right now the man said well i would but they're in the glove box where i threw the gun and it's still pretty bloody and i don't want it to fall out until the blood on it is dried the officer said do not move (laughs) you know that old thing i'm calling for backup backup gets there the second officer gets out and says sir please open your trunk the guy opens it it's clean as a whistle No body. please show me your glove box opens it there's no bloody weapon guy sir i need you to blow into this breath analyzer and the guy blows in point zero zero he hasn't had a drink at all and the second officer said what's going on this first officer said you had a dead body in the trunk a bloody gun in the glove blocks and you were you were drunk. And the driver said, "Ha! I bet he told you I was speeding too, huh?" You kind of create your world with the words of your mouth, you know. Amen. God is creative at a far higher level than that. We see this because he speaks things into existence. This is what I've got, you to gra- uh, I've got to get you to grasp. And you already believe this, but I'm going to bring it to another level today. He spoke and it suddenly appeared. To me, this is absolutely and utterly amazing that God spoke and at the sound of his voice resonating in the emptiness of eternity, matter began to appear and coalesce into what we know as the universe. Think of this now. Nothing is there. God speaks and material begins to coalesce and form as the words come out of his mouth resonating into the emptiness of eternity. Now, God preceded uh, the universe and he is eternal and has no beginning of days. So eternity was just that infinite existence of God before matter itself came into existence. And he spoke and resonating. I keep using that word because resonance is a quality of sound. You hear my voice because my, my voice resonates in this room, amplified by a PA system over this microphone. And you pick it up through the intricate workings of the uh, delicate mechanisms in your inner ear, the anvil, the stirrup, the hammer, the eardrum, Uh, the fluid, uh, all all of these different things that are there are vital components that in turn decipher these vibrations and convert them into something that your brain perceives to be as sound. God spoke, sound comes out of his mouth resonating in the emptiness of eternity and when he speaks matter begins to coalesce and appear. He spoke and literally the sound of his voice created can I use this word vibrations because that's what resonance is it's a vibration and depending on what caused it and what is vibrating or making the sound these vibrations resonate at either lower medium range or higher frequencies and they generate literally a frequency if you remember in school if you ever had to sing and uh, as, as with the, the class and the teacher would come in with the tuning fork Do they still do that I don't even know come in and set that tuning fork what you're hearing is a frequency generated at a certain pitch and it, my voice creates certain frequencies at a certain pitch the modulation of my voice as it goes up and down if you were to examine these on something that measured frequency it would show that certain frequencies are bass in sound, others are more high-pitched. And this word frequency literally refers to how fast these vibrations occur that, we, that have been created. Now, whether they are perceived as, by us as low or medium or high is what we also call as pitch. Forgive me for taking a moment, but you've got to get this. And so... The reason they use that little tuning fork is it sets a certain pitch, and we all, you know, raise our voice up, me, 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 and you know, to that certain particular pitch so we can sing in harmony. The bass notes, if I had the piano turned on and Robert was still here, he could hit the notes on the left end of the scale and they would vibrate more slowly and at a much deeper pitch and frequency than those on the right end of the piano scale. And so when God spoke, these frequencies coming out of his mouth as his voice modulated created mass and shapes. They fashioned the geometric objects that we call stars, planets, and galaxies and put them in their places. I'm going to show you something in a minute that's going to forever blow your mind. Just hang on. You say, what in the world is this about? Just wait, because I'm, I'm just building my case right now. Just be patient. The sound of his voice speaking into the empty void not only created the worlds that now exist, but also those frequencies shaped the mountains and valleys, the rivers and oceans and everything else that we see. Psalms 33, verse 6 through 9. Look at this. By the word of the Lord, I've highlighted that. What? By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together. He lays up the deep in storehouses. How does he do that? That is inferred by the word of the Lord. He does this. So he makes waters gather up in a heap, which is contrary to nature because he speaks that it do something different than it might do at other times. Let all the earth fear, which means not to be in terror like you are freddy krueger on elm street or one of these guys in this zombie movie you know don't be that kind of afraid be in awe let all of the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him why for he say it with me spoke and it was done he commanded again when it, it says he commanded it's inferring that he's talking he's creating sound and it stood fast in other words the sounds that came out of his mouth not only created it but sounds came out of his mouth that sustained it Psalms 29 1-11 this is a little bit longer passage but stay with me give unto the Lord O you mighty ones give unto the Lord glory and strength give unto the Lord the glory due to his name worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness at this point you might ask why so the psalmist goes on to explain why The voice of the Lord is over the waters. This is creation now. This is Genesis 1. He makes, listen to this. He's over the waters. The God of glory thunders. That's his voice. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord, and I've emphasized this in capital letters to see how many times, show you how many times the psalmist refers to this. The voice of the Lord is powerful. How powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yea, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes them also skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord divides the flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. And in his temple, everyone says, glory. The Lord sat enthroned at the flood. The Lord sits as the king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Now, the reason I've read this whole chapter is because seven different times in the 29th chapter alone, the psalmist refers directly to the voice of the Lord in creation. Seven times the voice of the Lord did this, did this, did this. In addition, there are several more times in the same chapter where he makes indirect references to the voice of the Lord by calling it something else, as, as, such as saying God thunders or the Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon, referring to the sounds that do that. Now let me show you what happens in science with sound frequencies and creating and how they create geometric shapes. You can find this if you want to just YouTube it later, okay, or Google it. There's actually a scientific experiment that I'm going to show you an abbreviated version of. The full one is over eight minutes long. I don't have that much time, and so I'm going to just uh, use the the shorter version, but you can pull it up this way, Amazing Resonance Experiment. Just remember that, and I want you to watch what happens, and before... It begins I'll set it up like this a speaker such as these and these speakers right here are those pointed towards you the house mains those bass speakers over here a speaker consists of two wires going to a speaker and these two wires transmit the vibrations or the frequency that has been created to these speakers that in turn convert that into something that your sound your your ears can now hear. Now, let's say we took the speaker away and what we did is we simply took a thin black plate and attached these wires to that and attached the other end of them to a frequency generator. This is the effect of sound on creating shape in matter. Now, why is this so powerful? It's because everything comes from the voice of God. And this word that I'm preaching from this morning, the Bible contains the spoken word of Almighty God that is the creative force of the universe. Created me and you. This is literally what science tells us. Just like you saw that at each frequency there was something you created. There are no two snowflakes that are identical. And we don't get a lot of snow here, but if you've ever been where there is, and on the few occasions where we do get it here, you look at them at all these snowflakes falling, and you say, how can each one of these be different? It's because there was a unique frequency spoken by God to create that particular shape of this snowflake and another one to create this one and another to create this one. And you say, what does that have to do with me and you? God spoke you into existence as well. Amen. You are here today not by an accident, but because God spoke it that you should be here. And you came into existence and into being. That blesses me because the scripture says, That two sparrows are sold for just an insignificant coin in the Old Old Testament era, New Testament era called a farthing. And that's just a minor coin. And Jesus said not one of them falls to the ground, but that your father doesn't see it. Now that by itself would have meaning if they just fall to the ground because usually we think that means to die. But when you look up the word in the Greek, what it means is literally to alight on the ground. And if you've ever studied birds outdoors and watched sparrows, they're they're not snow geese or Canadian geese that fly for hours from here to Canada. They jump and fly from one little spot to another 10 feet away looking for food. What the scripture is literally saying is our God is so fully aware of what's going on in his world that a sparrow doesn't light on the ground and take off again to another spot 10 feet away but what our father sees it and not only that in the same verse he goes on to say and he even has the hairs on our head numbered oh somebody in the building ought to say amen today why am i why am i teaching this in this last level of spiritual authority I want you to understand the power of the creative word of God and how infinitely knowledgeable God is. He orchestrated all that is around us, created everything that is around us. And dare I even say it, since we're made in his image, I wonder how creative our words are. And I wonder if we don't sometimes create, uh, do 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 I dare to say it? stuff that we don't even want to happen in our lives because we're speaking the wrong things into existence. Mm. Not only does each sound create its own design, but as long as the technician left the frequency generator at that particular place, guess what happened? It kept that design intact now listen to hebrews 1 and 3 who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high i've capitalized the word upholding because what that literally means according to the amplified bible is upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by the mighty word of his power. Why does the earth continue to spin a certain way? God spoke it, and his voice resonating in the universe keeps it going the way he designed it to go. Mm. Why does it rain? Because God spoke it. You go ahead and look at Psalms. Is it 149 or thereabout through that passage where he talks about the snow and the wind and the ice all fulfilling the word of God Almighty? You see, it's actually God's word that dictates the creation of things and then it's that word continuing that holds it to be spoken or to be uh, held in the same place in which he spoke for it to be uh, occupying. If he made it a certain way, Speaking that voice holds it that same way, just like the guy whose hand is on the frequency generator, when he hits a certain level of frequency, it holds that image on that black plate in the same place. Those vibrations did that. That was totally unretouched what you just saw. You just saw the ability of sound to make matter come into geographic design. Now, my thesis in this series today is suppose God speaks something different than what is normally spoke in a particular circumstance. We think God is locked in by nature when it's nature that's locked in by God. Come on, somebody help me out here this morning. Just as we saw, when you change the frequency, you change the design This is what authority over nature can cause to happen. God can speak a word that can change, watch it, the predictable outcome of events in the natural world. He can change the shape of things, if you please. Now, the reason I'm preaching this, God, do I feel my anointing working right now, is because every once in a while you get in a situation where you just know how it's going to turn out. Because left to itself, it's got to conclude a certain way. I wanna tell you every once in a while in the Bible, somebody came along and said, maybe it's supposed to turn out that way, but I'm gonna touch the God that can speak a word that can make it change into something else. Now, this is, this is complex and challenging because our mind likes to think in neat little equations with, with quick little neat answers all tied up in a nice little package with a pretty bow on it. We want to understand it all. When we speak of nature, we're speaking of the physical world. This physical world is controlled by laws that we suppose are inviolable. That is, they cannot be violated, such as the law of gravity, Newton's three laws of motion, Mendel's laws of genetics, the four laws of thermodynamics, many others. We think these are absolute. Are they really? Are they really? We humans want them to be because we actually derive a sense of comfort from the consistency and permanence of these laws. It means that, you know, you don't have to worry about things changing. You can depend on some things to be the way they are. The problem is that sometimes we don't want things to turn out the way they're supposed to. We don't want it to end the way that it's going. You got cancer, you don't want it to take its normal course. I'm talking better than you're preaching, uh, responding to my preaching right now. Amen. The economy's tanking and they're talking about layoffs. We don't want it to go the way it's looking. Are we locked in and helpless as believers? If I understand the Bible, there were a number of occasions that God has seen fit to temporarily suspend these so-called inviolable laws of the universe, and he's given his people even authority at different times to do the same things. Really, stop. Before you say a word, I just want to tell you, don't try to say it didn't happen in this Bible, because this Bible is full of stuff that are contradictions to what should have taken place. If the natural laws had been left alone and God hadn't spoken something else. Now you say, are these miracles? Yes, but they're a different kind of miracle, as it were. Okay? Look at this. Moses parting the Red Sea. Water stacking up in the scripture. Use the word, and I read it in two different places. A heap. That is a contradiction of the law of gravity. Water supposed to seek its lower level. Or how about this one, striking striking a rock and water gushing out of the rock. There's something about limited volume that seems to have been overlooked. I can walk around this rock. This rock is not supposed to have this much water in it. But for 40 years, it continued to gush water. That's a contradiction of what I know to be natural laws. And as you've heard me say before, let's get even a little bit more out on the, on, the, on the edge here. That rock actually followed them around in their journeys in the wilderness. Gravity let go of it and that rock was not held firm like the decorative stones in your yard or the bricks in your house or the foundation of your house. It got up and moved when Israel moved. That's a further aberration of what you would expect of a rock. Amen. These types of demonstrations would have to include, what's this? Joshua, son, stand still. Yes, sir. That doesn't normally happen every day of my life or yours. Amen. It would also include Elijah multiplying the meal and the oil. For the little widow lady who had just given him her, him her last bit of food. That is a violation of, of the natural laws that, as we would know it. There's a certain finite commodity. Limited, measurable. And God speaks a word and suddenly the physical limitations of its measurability are extended. Yet without the physical size of it growing, it just miraculously was replaced day by day. How about this? The heavens opening and closing at Elijah's command. Fire that fell on Mount Carmel whenever Elijah prayed. And consumed not only the sacrifice, but the rocks and the water that had been poured on the sacrifice. This list would not be complete if it didn't include the iron axe head that Elijah lost that started swimming looking for the stick to reattach itself. That's like somebody stealing your car, and after they get out, your car says, which way is home? And start driving, and... I'm serious. This is stuff in your Bible. This is the kind of God that we serve. You can't even praise God until you know how powerful God is. It would certainly include Elisha parting Jordan's river with Elijah's mantle or Elisha causing the widow's jaw of oil to multiply when her two sons were about to be taken into bondage and that little oil and that one little vessel filled up every available vessel, vessel they had in the village that they could find. There are a number of other such occasions in the Old Testament and all of these that I've mentioned are occasions when what we call ironclad, irrevocable, inviolable physical laws were clearly suspended for a moment because God said it. You say, that's the Old Testament. Did it ever happen in the New? Watch this. Peter's walking on the water. You hadn't seen that happen this morning yet, have you? That looks to me like something was going on that is not normally in place. Or commanding the storm to cease. Even the disciples said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Or Jesus causing fish that had spent the whole night swimming away from the net to turn around and swim into the net when he called to his disciples from the shore of Galilee. All of these represent authority that was demonstrated over what we call Nature that is never supposed to ever have its laws violated. What about this one? Peter raising Dorcas from the dead. Philip being supernaturally transported to another place after meeting with the Ethiopian eunuch. Angels carried him to some other place. How about this one? Handkerchiefs from the body of Paul were carried that contained such a residue of anointing that when placed upon sick people, without Paul being there to pray for them, their bodies were healed. Paul raising the dead. Numerous other examples all show us authority that was demonstrated that even nature had to obey. Now here's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying these things are gonna happen every day, but I'm telling you we serve a God that's big enough to do whatever (laughs) needs to be done for his will to be completed. Or I'll say it another way, ain't no mountain high enough, no valley deep enough. If God said you're going through, you're going through. God spoke a word over you. God spoke a word over your life. There is a word from God that has been released and you are here because like the snowflake, God spoke into the universe. Ooh, Lord. Hallelujah. And his plan for your life is sustained because he's still speaking that word. And you run up into a problem and you think that's impossible. No, it isn't. The God you serve has authority over nature. And when you embrace his will and his plan for your life, crazy things can happen. Yes, they can. Now, I'm going to be honest. In terms of this kind of thing, probably very few, if any of us, have seen demonstrations quite to this extent and we because we don't see them think that maybe they won't ever happen but i would say two things about that first of all they don't necessarily have to be to that same extent the fact that he can do it blesses me and the second thing is who said you have to have this happen every day amen I have watched God raise the dead in a church service that I was in many years ago. A lady died in church, examined. We had three nurses that were there, didn't have any doctors that were there. Saul for Louisiana, just across the river. And uh, Sister Wing, I've forgotten her first name, member of a small church that I was in, attending. Pastor was not there that night. I was leading the service. She died in the service. We had three nurses who were there. And they went over and did everything they could from... CPR to artificial resuscitation, everything, and finally looked up and said, She's gone. There's nothing we can do. There's no response at all. And sulfur, that meant you called the funeral home. They literally called the funeral home. And the guy came in with a funeral hearse to pick her up because she had been declared dead by three nurses. He figured that that was pretty good evidence. We were having. Services And I, I realize the argue, argument might be made by someone who is skeptical. Maybe her pulse rate was just so weak they couldn't find it. I, I'm going to grant you that could be the case. All I know is that when the three nurses gave up and said that she's dead, the church gathered around and began to pray. And her eyes suddenly popped open and she said, what happened? Amen amen call that whatever you want to find an explanation to explain it away all I know is it so moved her family her whole family got saved amen and it so shook up the funeral home director who came in she was on the platform testifying when he walked in and he said where's the lady that died and they said that's her up there giving her testimony right now I'm serious amen now in this church i've mentioned freddie clark before and i'm closing we once had a man when freddie clark was here who did not have an inner ear structure at all no hammer anvil stirrup am i saying that right dr neal amen no inner ear structure he had been deaf his whole life in that one ear and freddie clark prayed for him god gave him a word of knowledge and freddie prayed for him And that man began to hear so well that whenever Freddie would have the man put his hand over his good ear and Freddie walked away and whispered, the man claimed, this is what he said, I can hear better out of the ear I was deaf in than I can out of the ear that I've always heard from. Now, and so far as I know that if he's still living, the man can still hear because that revival went on for some time and the man never lost his healing. And so it wasn't one of these hyped-up things that, that's a psychosomatic, you know, where you, you just it's not one of these things that's pumped up on the basis of emotion, that when the emotion is gone, so-called miracle or healing is gone too. Now you say, isn't that a healing? To me, I guess we could probably quibble over terms, but to me, no. Healing is fixing what is there that's broken. When you don't have a hammer and an anvil and a stirrup at all and never have had, That doesn't look like healing. That looks like a creative miracle to me. Amen. I knew an occasion in El Salvador. I'm going to show you a few things here, and then I'm done. El Salvador was embroiled in a bitter civil war for years. Y'all remember during the 70s and 80s, uh, and uh, I used to preach a lot through there. And we had huge revivals. We had 3,000 and uh, 100 and some odd people received the whole uh, 3,400 people received the Holy Spirit in one service one time and um, incredible presence of the Lord and revival was exploding and in one of the churches there the guerrilla forces the rebels came in and lined the people up against the wall and started shooting them and they shot them and the people did not die You explain this however you want to explain it. But the bullets went through their bodies. And later they had the clothing to show where the bullet went through here and came out here. But no mark on the person's body. To me that is a suspension of the laws of nature. Why am I preaching this today? You don't know when you're going to need God to step into your world. Amen. I once knew a helicopter pilot that was shot down in Vietnam. He claimed, and of course the testimony corroborated this of the people who found him, the rescue team that went in. Everybody on the helicopter was killed except for him. His body fell right out in the open, in an open area. The Viet Cong trampled all all around him, all over him, stripped all of the other bodies, and walked around this guy and never saw him. And just a week before, he had violated his orders And went in to rescue a boy that was raised in church who had drifted from God and who had been shot in the back with a recoilless rifle and was crying out, God, let somebody, somebody pray and touch heaven for me because I don't know how to pray and I'm dying. And at that same moment, his mother in in Flint, Michigan, interrupted a church service and said, I don't know what's going on, but my boy's dying right now. We need to pray. And that pilot against orders flew in. He later said, I felt like I had hands over mine, guiding me to fly into that that hot LZ and pick that boy up. And that boy later recovered, was saved and became a pastor who is in this very state, friend of mine. That man, that man later questioned how Could I lie there in the open with the enemy stripping the bodies of everybody on board the chopper except me? They found those that were in the brush, yet I'm lying right in the open and nobody saw me. I'll tell you what I think can happen. And it's not Harry Potter stuff either. God put his hand over that boy and hid him. Amen. Sometimes... Sometimes I need God to hide me. Sometimes I need God to work a miracle in traffic when there's an accident coming and I don't have time to react. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know a God where you can call on His name. And incredible things can happen. Stand with me. My time is gone. I want you to come and join me this morning if you would. And I want to, I want to, leave this word with you to challenge you and tell you to use the old saying prayer really does change things I don't know how many of you might be walking through impossible circumstances right now but I want you to turn to somebody near you everybody do this and just tell them you're not locked in without hope God can speak a word over you right now. God can change the frequency. Amen. All that God has to do is speak a different word and your outcome is going to change.